0: Welcome to the Ascendant Art Podcast. I'm Vinny, creator of Lil Chad, and with me as always is the Slender Dad, creator of Keepers Karen. How are you, Joe? I am well. So last week we were having a good time. We talked about Cobra Kai, Season 5, did a little bit of a Spy Family review. It was a good time, just nice hangout. I think this week we're going to talk about some more of the stuff that's going on right now we got a few topics that we were uh, discussing that we touch on in the show today.
1: I mean, like I said, the one I'm probably the most qualified to speak on at this point, not because I've actually watched it, but because I've almost watched it, would be, uh, you know, Rings of Power. And from what I hear, it's pretty terrible. And from what I've seen, it's pretty terrible.
0: This is accurate. (laughs) It is. You don't have to be an English major to know that you probably shouldn't have rings within two words of each other twice.
1: Yeah, the rings of redundancy.
0: (laughs) This is interesting because Nielsen, which is famous for having done the ratings for generations on regular television, has also created a rating system for streaming services, and it's kind of getting off the ground And it's going to be really important because most of these streaming services are going to be adding a subscription where they have an ad tier where you're going to have commercials. And these people are going to, the streaming services are going to start trying to sell commercials. So if they're going to sell commercials, the people buying them need to know who's watching what and how much. So the era of streaming services being able to not tell you what they actually were getting in terms of ratings and who was watching it and for how long are probably coming to an end pretty quickly. Because if there's one thing that advertisers want, it's knowing that information. So they started these streaming service ratings, and this is um, the, they're a few weeks behind. I don't know how they have to be so far behind given that it's a streaming service and you have the numbers almost instantly but it is what it is i guess they aggregate it from the services and that's why so this is actually just came out today and it's looking back at the week of august 29th through september 4th which was when rings of power premiered with two episodes
1: all right but let's also point out right i don't have hbo max I haven't had HBO Max since I finished Game of Thrones because there was no further reason for me to continue to carry HBO Max. House of the Dragon doesn't look terrible, but it's, it, it has not been enough to persuade me to re-up my subscription of HBO Max. I do have Prime Video, and I think they could have fudged those numbers a bit. I, I will speak from personal experience, but I recently watched the latest episode of uh, The Grand Tour. Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, James May, they were all cruising around up in uh, the Scandinavian area doing doing their car show, and it was awesome. What do you think auto-played when the Grand Tour ended? If Lord of the to guess, rings,
0: rings of Power, I would guess. Yes, imagine, yes, because
1: clearly I wanted to watch that, right?
0: That's going to count as a streaming minute. Yep. So there's a lot of ways that that kind of system gets gamed, and, and Amazon was getting called out, because I did hear some people pointing that out like, even in your streaming like app, have you noticed that they have the thing where if you start, if you move over to the show, it'll actually start playing in the background for you?
1: Yeah, it'll give you a little preview.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's going to count as a streaming view for some of services that are kind of they're sketchy and they'll actually count that as a view when they're reporting their ratings, even though it's just people working on the endless scroll to try to find programming.
1: Well, I mean. It's like anything else, you know, your TikTok, your vines, you know, before TikTok became a thing. All those shows or those services where they're giving you the the short little snippets, it's designed to put you in a Skinner box. The psychological concept being if you get one good video, one good 15 second video that you really enjoyed, they can probably make you swipe through 15 more shitty ones to get to that next one good one.
0: The psychological traps continue. What I think is funny though is if you look, it says like, you know, House of the Dragon three episodes in its fifth, but at that point, people watching House of the Dragon are just watching generally the week of, they're watching the current week's episode. So the current week, that one current week episode of House of the Dragon clocked 781 million minutes viewed, whereas two episodes, the first two full episodes of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power clocked 1,253 million minutes. So. 1.2 billion. Yeah, you know, you know,
1: And then my minutes. next question: How is NCIS in the top ten?
0: Well, that's that's what I'm gonna get to. Like, you know, Coco Melon, which is just kids' programming. Grey's Anatomy. This is a show that's been on forever. The, if you look, most of what people are watching and streaming is stuff that it's kind of background noise, things that they're comfortable with. Like my father would probably put on NCIS. Random, just shuffle on which season of the 18 that are in there that would come on and it would just, you know, just watch. So, what's interesting is that as much money, like, think of if you're Amazon and you invested one point, you know, one billion dollars into the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and you're barely clocking 20% more views than NCIS, you know, reruns, does that really make you feel good?
1: Well, Rings of Power, I mean, let's be honest, we, we've all heard the staggering dollar amounts that have been invested into that project. So they have to be putting up the most amazing numbers for this thing to actually be successful. And those aren't it. This is not a success by any metric. This is not a success because at the end of the day, they put in more money than they're making off of it. And I think you're going to see diminishing returns as it progresses, too, because your main character is a Mary Sue who is nothing like she's supposed to be based on everything we knew about her in
0: the actual Lord of the Rings movies and the books. Getting back to the ratings aspect of it. Sure, they got number one on two episodes premiere week. But if you do the math and divide, you know, 1253 by two because it was two episodes that means one episode effectively got 626 million watch hours game of thrones which is the old show both of them are clocking higher numbers than what one individual episode of lord of the rings was doing basically one episode was worth about 626 million watch minutes old game of thrones pulled 792 hot d house of the dragon pulled 781 honestly look echoes which is netflix's like just mini series you know show of the week at number 10 pulled 627 million so one episode of lord of the rings rings of power would end up effectively at 11 it wouldn't even make the top 10 on a single episode basis I mean, I'm, I'm very interested to see when week two comes out for these ratings, because when it's only really measuring one episode, if that fall off happens as it should, where it like halves the number of available minutes that people would want to watch, this thing could fall to the bottom of the top ten or even out of it. Now, the one of the things Lord of the Rings you know, defenders are pointing out, they'll switch to this chart, which is the original chart. And you notice how uh, Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon aren't on this chart. Because those ones are technically considered acquired shows for HBO Max. I don't have any idea how that works, but apparently they're in the acquired section instead of original. Which is interesting because then there's She-Hulk. Right? Is it
1: because they acquired the rights for the adaptation from the books?
0: I think no. I think technically, since HBO Max is streaming off of the HBO proper, because this doesn't include HBO ratings, like the actual, you know, channel HBO. I think it's some loophole that they're putting them on in that category because all the rest of these shows are like shows that, you know, like Friends is, you know, was made for NBC years ago and they acquired it. Big Bang Theory, Bluey, Grey's Anatomy. These are all just regular network shows. And then there's NCIS, which has 300, 354 episodes. That show is still going on right now.
1: Oh my god. End it. Just end it. <laughs>
0: it well it's um it's comfort food right it's the shows that you can just put on and and any episode is basically the same so you just feel comfortable but this does actually now that's a good segue here for our, another topic which is she hulk oh boy look at its numbers she hulk attorney at law is coming in only at 472 it is barely beating a show the sandman that's been out i don't know like 8 weeks now It's not a successful show, and Disney is going to have to come to terms with that.
1: I don't know. I feel like Marvel is kind of spent at this point.
0: It's a poorly written show. They have somebody that they could make very likable. She-Hulk in the comics, the, the famous runs in the 90s, she was very, very popular with comic fans. They would be all screaming from the rafters about how amazing this show would be if they just adapted what was going on in those comic books and they don't they decided to try to make it current year go crazy with it and this is i think the price they're paying it's not popular it isn't it doesn't it's not even trendy on the internet like there's not people running out and tweeting about it all over the place it doesn't even get that like they don't they're not even getting the internet attention the the normies don't like it. Comic book people checked out forever ago, and they're not even getting the Twitterati to care about it.
1: Well, and that's almost like a life cycle, right? Like uh, a franchise gains popularity, and as it gains the popularity, it gains a viewership, and that viewership grows as the franchise continues to put out content. But then as the well starts to run dry, if you will, then you start losing the audience, and the only way to keep your hooks in them is you know baiting the fans as you as you would um but eventually that starts to kind of lose its effectiveness too and then you just get casual indifference and everybody just kind of stops listening stops watching stops tuning in because they're not even willing to hate watch it anymore and that that is where i think a lot of the uh a lot of the newest marvel projects have ended up you can't even make the fans pissed off enough to watch it anymore He'd like they kind of did that with uh, what was it, the you got to do Bennett, better, Senator guy?
0: Oh, you, the you know with the, the Falcon.
1: Kind of weird. Yeah, like I said, I'd be happy to keep talking about it, but it's not even worth talking about anymore.
0: Yeah, like, that's I, the problem with it. You know what? I'm actually kind of bored of it now too. It's a good spot to maybe go to our. You know the, that's that's all we need to say about Shield. You know, it's like was that a uh, you know, part of Forest Comp? That's all I have to say about that. But what we will look at now is this is going to be a fun topic. Elizabeth Banks. She is famous for being an actress that, you know, evolved into a director. And she was the one who directed Charlie's Angels, the latest one that came out in 2019. And so she has now done a new interview where she is trying to gaslight the world and pretend that the... Charlie's Angels, per the headline, was not a feminist manifesto. I was just making an action movie.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of quotes of things she said in this interview that are just like, to me, they ring hollow. They, they are statements of someone who is lying through their teeth.
0: Uh, we've got here, um, this, this is one of my favorite quotes. There was a story around Charlie's Angels that I was creating some feminist manifesto. I was just making an action movie. I would have liked to have made Mission Impossible, but women aren't directing Mission Impossible. I was able to direct an action movie, frankly, because it starred women and I'm a female director, and that is the confine right now in Hollywood. I wish that the movie had been presented, not been presented just for girls, because I didn't make it just for girls. There was a disconnect on the marketing side of it for me. If this was football, I'd be throwing the flag on that quote. That was some major league level bullshit. Because <laughs> I remember, I mean, if you were watching YouTube videos at the time, they covered this extensively. The You know, the quotes were in the videos they made. Elizabeth Banks was out there, you know, selling this movie as a coming of age moment for female-led Directing in action movies that they didn't need no man, that this was about women, and then when the movie bombed, they're like, "Why didn't men go see it?" Because <laughs> you were telling us that. Because they even did the interview where you know it's not for you, right? The famous little quote: "If you don't like it, don't go see it." Well, no one went and saw it. The absolute hubris. Like we need that video clip from Picard. You know, sheer effing hubris. Sheer fucking hubris. <laughs> To come out and do these interviews and say these things when everything is on the internet. The internet is, is forever. And people can just f- pull up the news articles, the previous quotes, all of it. And put it right, uh, what is it, as they say on some of the YouTubers, caught in 4K.
1: These freaking uh, agenda-driven types like her. If she were called on it, she would then continue to dig the hole... By saying, I was just saying what the marketing department told me to say in those interviews. They made me say it, guys.
0: That's what, I think that's where she was going with, there was a disconnect on the marketing side of it for me. She's trying to throw it oh the she she
1: Oh, she left that. She left that little escape hatch there for a reason.
0: Yeah, it was the marketing. Yeah, you know, it was all the marketing fault. It was terrible. <laughs> it was a bad movie. It bombed. And partially it bombed because that was around the same time it was a few months before birds of prey came out and they were bookends for movies being marketed terribly terribly wrong
1: well charlie's angels the uh the travesty of a ghostbusters remake there was a whole slew of movies where it's like we're gonna do this girl power movie and it's like i don't know if this is a girl power movie or a man hate movie but i'm leaning toward the latter
0: I I like to judge movies as they are, right? There's movies that maybe they have an agenda and a point of view, and if they're well-made and the message is crafted well, I can still enjoy the movie and appreciate it for what it is. It wasn't a good movie. Like, if you wanted to get that message across, you did it poorly. This, like Birds of Prey, was a terrible movie, so it made the messaging part worse. There's great movies that, you know, one one of my favorite ones growing up, was uh, War Games with Matthew Broderick. Super anti-war movie. The only way to win is to not play the game. It was a really well-done movie. Did I think that from a geopolitical standpoint it was probably the, the best approach to take? No. But, I appreciate, but that message was actually more effective for me because it was a well-done movie. I'm sure there's movies you watch where even though you disagree maybe with the message because it's actually a well-crafted, well-done story, it makes you more sympathetic to that message.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I think it was Toys with Robin Williams. In all honesty, I agree with the villain in that movie a lot more than I agree with the good guys in that movie. And, I mean, if you've seen modern Modern warfare in in any way, yeah. Drones, drones are a big thing, and yeah, tra- training a bunch of teenagers to fly drones.
0: They were they were just ahead of the curve on that movie.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I was I was rooting for Robin Williams, and I think it was Cuba Gooding Jr. in the gang, and like they were the good guys. I I liked them, but the the evil general who took over the toy company and was using it to make weapons of war out of the toys, like. Some effective combat tactics, if you ask me.
0: I kind of feel like somebody at the Pentagon was watching that and started thinking, wait a second. We could probably do this now.
1: Well, honestly, and what's better? You know, having these little drones that go out and, uh, you know, prosecute the target or sending a bunch of soldiers who could die. I'd rather lose some toys than soldiers.
0: Yeah. Then you've also got... Not to get into the finer philosophical argument, but, you know, once you eliminate the risk of war, does that propagate war happening?
1: Not sure if I follow the...
0: If you can do it all with drones and robots and not people on the field, wouldn't you almost create a massive, constant, ongoing state of war because the cost of war is not felt by the population?
1: I don't know if you've noticed, but most wars are forever wars it's just are they hot enough to be considered wars or are they cold not to delve too far into the political side of the house but like the ukraine russia thing it's been going on for decades it's just never gotten this hot before
0: yeah well i mean if you count chernobyl it got hot for a little bit but that wasn't war that was just a fault you know a reactor meltdown
1: yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, the the conflicts that are happening throughout the world, they go on for years and years and years and years and years. I, I don't think the drones really change anything other than the fact that you can kind of, you know, you don't have to risk quite as much. But if the combat gets too extreme, I mean, that's when soldiers are going to get brought in either way. So mm-hmm. I, I, I get what they're saying. Oh, well, you make war too easy, then everybody just could do it all the time. No, nah, I don't buy that.
0: Well, then the bottom line is you still need boots on the ground to hold territory they still haven't figured out a way to do that unless you're gonna be like Robocop and put an ed 209 out there to do it that you still need a you know a physical presence to hold territory now what all of that is getting at is how Elizabeth Banks is a big old liar 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 pants on fire about you know, not having made Charlie's Angels a feminist manifesto. That was seeping from the movie. And that was the primary goal of the movie before selling a, a fun action movie.
1: And honestly, it has nothing to do with the fact that a woman was directing it or anything else. Like, you just, you just didn't do a very good job telling a fucking story. As someone who does not write movie scripts, I'm sure there are many differences to writing a, a full-on story. a a full-length novel if you will but you know a lot of the, the the foundations of storytelling are still there and i just i don't see them in so much of today's art it's not there anymore people have lost all grasp of the fundamentals if you
0: will that is definitely i think the case but there is still some good stuff Like we did last week when we had a fun show talking about two really good current year things. I think soon, once the dub is finished, we'll have a fun time talking about Overlord Season 4.
1: Oh, did you already finish it?
0: Uh, Yeah, and it was Chef's Kiss. Once you see this last episode, I don't want to say anything about it, because I just want your unvarnished reaction to how that goes.
1: I mean, I hope it doesn't disappoint. I've been loving the season so far.
0: I'm actually just really sad that it's ending, but at the same time, it's tr- you know we're gonna get right into Spy Family coming back. I think Mushiku Tensei is gonna be coming back, which you still need to watch the first season of, which was a fantastic. But you know, one, I think the Overlord conversation, especially this season, there's gonna be some stuff. Now, I do know they're gonna be putting a movie out for Overlord, and it's gonna actually take place within the season. It's gonna explain. You know, kind of what happened earlier.
1: Ooh, so that's that's a bad idea.
0: Well that, that it was already done. It's basically their OVA, but they're gonna release it into the movie theater.
1: Full Metal Alchemist did that and it, it went it went terribly.
0: <laughs> I mean they're they're doing pretty good. I mean these, these anime releases in the movie theaters have been doing pretty good. Oh, well, here's hoping then.
1: If there's one thing you can probably agree with me on. They're putting a lot putting out a lot more crap than good. And Although there are good animes, there are plenty of animes that are kind of, kind of not good. So I'm not, I'm not going to give anime a pass when I like a few animes, but, you know, they're putting out a lot of content too. And the rule of thumb is like 80% of the content ain't that great.
0: That's true. The anime system is so unique, especially from an American perspective where they have every season, like spring, summer, fall, winter, they're coming out with completely new slates of anime. That's a you know, a pretty prolific amount of content to have to put out there. But then you start thinking about it. it's they can do that because they don't ever really have more than three or four shows that go for more than a couple seasons. And the ones that even go longer than three seasons or you could probably count on one hand. So I think that's one of the reasons they can be so shotgun with their approach to anime. You know, which one of these will finally hit their you know I mean they've got an almost endless supply from their You know, from the manga that is being produced over there and the light novels, there's shows I remember like I really there were shows I was absolutely in love with. And now I just like I there's been it feels like it was 20 years ago because there's been so much anime I've consumed since then. Oh, yeah. Agreed. And then you've got, you know, like the the random like shows like, you know, devil is a part timer where the second season came out was like eight, nine years after the first one.
1: It was so long.
0: I mean, that almost tells me that somebody in Japan, a producer who has money, was like, I really just want to see the second season animated. I'm going to fund it. <laughs> and it just like took that long for somebody who liked it when they were like a teenager to have the money to do it.
1: Oh, I've been loving the second season so far. Um, oh, no,
0: it's great. I mean, the first season was fantastic.
1: Devil is a Part-Timer has not disappointed this year.
0: I think Devil is a Part-Timer and Overlord Season 4... The fact that they're both coming out in this uh, you know, season, This they're both wrapping up now. This was a great season. I, there was a lot of people who had problems with S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero Season 2. I think you maybe even didn't like it so much.
1: Eh, it was a far cry from Season 1, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah. I mean, are we supposed to be getting Goblin Slayer Season 2 soon?
1: I've never actually seen the first season of Goblin Slayer.
0: Yeah, I feel like you would love Goblin Slayer.
1: I I watched Goblin Slayer abridged. There was a hysterical. Ac-
0: was it like I'm gonna kill goblins and then yes. just <laughs> twenty minutes of him killing goblins? I'm
1: the Goblin Slayer. I hate goblins.
0: You should watch That's it actually. Goblin Slayer is uh, almost is right up your alley because he's he's actually like he's just focused on his thing like yo... I only take missions like you know to kill goblins. them, and they all make fun of him, but then they all need him because he's a he is a subject matter expert, <laughs>
1: like a, a seriously subject matter expert too, from what I've seen.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the now, controvers- I don't have a problem
1: with Goblin Slayer. It's just I got kids, so I don't really have a chance to watch Goblin Slayer.
0: Well, the yeah, the first episode is where the reputation for Goblin Slayer was made. Yeah, going on past that. It's just kind of normal anime level inappropriate. (laughs) There's occasional times where there's girls in a hot spring because there's always girls in a hot spring. That's part of the formula. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, but the first episode, really, it's the first episode that is. There's a couple, like, flashbacks and things in the later part of the season, but it, you know, I'm sure you saw the, the controversy came from that first episode with the, um, the hero party that got jumped by the goblins and bad things ensued
1: yeah what happened to the uh the women in that party exactly Mm -hmm.
0: i would say if you watch the first episode after the kids go to bed then you'd be fine going forward from there they just do occasional flashbacks that are to that scene but it's not enough that it would be terrible so i'm just talking around it for because of youtube content and podcast uh service content (laughs) yeah yeah Uh,
1: i think everybody can uh everybody can kind of pick up what's going on what the hell we're talking about
0: yeah goblins do bad things when they get a chance because they need more goblins so you can put two and two together but it but it's it was an entertaining show there was more going on than just that i think some you know the traditional media response is that it's oh my god it must be terrible because bad things happen. Well, that's the whole point of the Goblin Slayer. He, he exists specifically he's obsessed with killing goblins because he was traumatized he's almost like a punisher character right he was traumatized by goblins killing his family he's never gonna let that happen again like it's being a street level hero (laughs) instead of you know there's oh the the hero is fighting the demon king and they're like isn't it amazing he's and he's like do i have to kill goblins no i'm gonna kill goblins and part of that is the message of and i think this is something that a lot of you know anime doesn't While the hero's off fighting the Demon King, there's still bad things happening to local villagers. Like, who's dealing with that problem? No one cares about that because it's so... It doesn't bring the glory. And that's where Goblin Slayers, like, they mock him for what he, you know, what they think he is, which is just basically like the the rat catcher equivalent of the heroes. But at the end, you know, they all learn that, oh my gosh, Goblins are a real threat. They could have done real damage. It's a good thing Goblin Slayers are around.
1: Yeah, and and I don't think I wouldn't like it. It definitely is one of the ones that's on my radar. It's just weird timing to try and watch something like that.
0: Yeah. I guess and I don't yeah, I don't think you it would be good with your kid. You know, they I don't know if they watch violent anime or not.
1: Depends on the violence, I guess.
0: <laughs> like I said, after the first episode it switches over to more traditional anime violence.
1: I mean, if I remember correctly, they watched uh, Death Note. I mean, well,
0: Death Note had a lot of violent ends.
1: If you're talking about the Netflix one, I guess so. There weren't a whole lot of super violent ends in the anime. Mostly it was heart attacks.
0: You know, that's one of my favorite parts of watching, like, Final Destination. Final Destination, man. By the third movie, they were coming up with some really creative ways to, to kill people. Oh, Yeah. I mean did and there were a the, hell of
1: a lot more it, by by the third one there were also a hell of a lot more oh this is going to kill him oh this is going to kill him oh he's going to die oh no ha! we got you 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 thought he was going to die we we picked you out I really
0: I I loved like when they like they kept highlighting something and you're like oh this is and then it wasn't that and it was something like the best example was when the kid I forget which final destination it was where he was at the dentist office and he's, you know, the entire time in the dentist office, like, they keep showing the drill and showing this. And you're like, oh, my God, this kid's going to die, <laughs> like, in the dentist's office. And he gets out of the dentist office, and you're like, what's going on? And then a giant glass pane falls on him and, like, destroys him. And you're like, oh, <laughs> that came out of nowhere.
1: That is how it works sometimes.
0: Because he decided to scare a bird. I have a, I have a lot of appreciation for the Final Destination series. I think it's underrated for just being fun. In its way, yeah. In its way, I mean, it's just a good time. How do you don't can you just appreciate things, Joey? Can yeah, you just
1: yeah? I I don't I don't dislike those movies.
0: You're the the best you can do is I don't dislike them. They're good.
1: Eh, you know, it's not my kind of scary movie.
0: They got Tony Todd in there in the first movie. And he's... I love Tony Todd. He needs to be in so much more stuff. You know who I'm talking about, right? Candyman?
1: Yeah, yeah. I like him.
0: Yeah, he was also really good in Star Trek. Super underrated in that. He was Worf's brother. He also played the very adult Jake Sisko in the time-traveling episode of Deep Space Nine. We're getting off on a tangent. But that's what we do. It's a hangout. <laughs> and it, it was a lot more fun to talk about that. You See, and that's what I think we will we'll try to do at least once an episode when we're getting down from all these terrible contents that are coming out when Guy Ladriel is is beating the Numenorians and She-Hulk has terrible jolly green giant CGI and Elizabeth Banks is trying to trying to gaslight I mean, everybody
1: at this point I just I I almost feel like if they could they would somehow rewrite it so that was it a who cut off Sauron's hand
0: Isildur is a character in the Rings of Power.
1: <laughs> who cut off the Who cut off Sauron's finger?
0: Yeah, it was Isildur.
1: Yeah, uh, like I said, at this point, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to rewrite it that it was actually Galadriel who did that.
0: Yeah, they're gonna be like it'll be a thing where he'll flashback to how Gal- Galadriel taught him when the opponent isn't looking to. Cut their well, hand off. <laughs> like he'll it'll be like a clip. If you ever have your sword broken and they're just over you, this is a perfect time to do this and cut their hand off. Yeah. Oh, I'm really glad that Guy Ladriel taught me that.
1: I would have been lost without her.
0: <laughs> but of course he's a man, so he kept the ring and broke it and broke everything.
1: Of course. She would have just cast it into the flame like she was supposed to
0: yeah i mean she was offered the ring by frodo and she turned it down but I, that was good galadriel like as played by Kate blanchett so i don't know what this one would do she has a tempest in her i mean i appreciate the memes it's fun but the
1: memes are enjoyable
0: i, I don't know if it's great to spend a billion dollars to make memes you can do it a lot cheaper Jeff Bezos is supposed to be a really big Lord of the Rings fan, but he is not the CEO of Amazon anymore. And I wonder if he is a little upset with how this actually turned out. Who is the CEO then? It's not—it's not Bezos anymore. No, he retired from being CEO a couple of years ago, so he could spend
1: more time on his super yacht.
0: So he's—you know—he uh, the CEO of Amazon is Andy Jassy. He took over in
1: 2021. Oh. Did it was
0: basically you know Jeff Bezos got himself divorced. Then, after he got himself divorced, he decided I don't want to do. uh I don't need to you know be CEO of Amazon anymore. So I'm gonna do. Oh, let's see. Speaking of speaking of cheap ring of power, Isidore lives over two thousand years old. Yeah, there. There's so, they're jumbling and shoving so much stuff into this second age time period to try to make sure that they've got characters people want to or at least recognize that it screws up the timeline. And But I think they just don't care. They have the rights to what they have and they're going to make a show that they want to make. Isildur, Isildur will be coached by Galadriel after he... And he'll... She'll be the one who really beats Sauron. Or that her, I think that they're going to have something where her and Sauron are in a relationship.
1: Oh, yeah, it sure. wouldn't surprise me. Because, you know, they, they do love their infidelity in these new these new series as well.
0: Let's see. Sauron hasn't even surrendered yet. Where are the actual Rings of Power? So, yeah, for the entire first season, they're probably not going to be there. I don't think that they're going to have the Rings of Power actually appear at all in the first season because they haven't even been forged yet because Sauron has to teach the elf uh was it Celebron who you know who forged him so, maybe yeah so he has to Sauron teaches him how to forge the rings of power and in secret you know makes the one ring that rules them all so we haven't even touched that in storyline wise so i think it's i don't know what their plan is it's a damn shirt with a metal plate on it it's a quick trip to goodwill then the junkyard would produce a better costume i am not gonna lie i've been to a lot of conventions in my life and the cosplay work i've seen would be i would trust a lot of them more (laughs) than the people doing the costume design on Rings of Power based on what I've seen.
1: Dude, you grab one of those people off the con floor, you give them a budget and a couple people to help them out, and I guarantee you they'd produce better. I guarantee it. They'd probably make some really awesome shit.
0: I know. I mean, some of those cosplayers make amazing stuff, and they do it on their own with you know spending their own money. Uh, If you want a, a good idea of how involved cosplaying can be i would recommend a a fine slice of life anime called my dress up darling which covers some of the cosplayer community and how much they care about what they're actually putting out there into the world
1: well and on the cosplay subject like a lot of people think i'm i'm eight nine feet tall right because i'm 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 slender dad and I'll, i'll tell you a secret drywall
0: stilts that's what
1: that's what makes me eight feet tall
0: when you're in full costume when you do when
1: when i'm when i'm fully decked out and i'm going out to terrorize the children on halloween i got drywall stilts and a pair of pants that my wife tailored for me that goes all the way down to the bottom of the stilts
0: that is how you do it because when you're a cosplayer who cares you make sure you find the ways to bring authenticity and you know realism to what you're trying to do as opposed yeah, and you just to, never
1: stand up when you're under a ceiling fan. You
0: know, as opposed to, as Nikki's pointing out, um, the show screams, give me money for buying Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know, like that's They they had a billion dollars. I, I'm intrigued because I listened to some of the other YouTube personalities who kind of go over this, and I think uh, the Midnight's Edge guys were talking a little bit about there's got to be so much graft on those per episode budgets. Like, they these episodes, each episode is supposed to be 70, 80 million dollars. And clearly it's not going on the screen. So there's probably, a, you know, money being fudged about to other people. Some people got yeah, rich off this show. Who is
1: that character since she's jumping on that question now? who Who was the Slim Shady character? I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, the uh, they're supposed to. They're gonna be some kind of. There's, these are original creations, I think, for the Amazon show too.
1: Are you sure that's not Sauron?
0: No. So when that came, when the first image leaked out of those people, um, you know, where it was just images, a lot of people thought that was supposed to be Sauron, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be the Halbrand character. The, it just, because, here's why I think it's gonna be him most of all. They're setting up a kind of dynamic between him and Galadriel that's almost um, romantic, and I think these people are so screwed up that they're gonna create a a backstory where Galadriel was in love with Sauron and he is. Evil. Oh yeah, cucked
1: the shit out of Celebrimbor and
0: yep, and, <laughs> and yeah. almost
1: got taken down the dark path, but was able to overcome it at the last moment
0: yes and that she's going to be the you know she's going to be the one who teaches ilzildor to overcome but that's why she couldn't go out there and fight but she's gonna you know or they might have her out there fighting i don't know but i think it's gonna be albren because his backstory fits just enough of what Sauron was supposed to be doing in numenor and it just works that he was he was magically the only other survivor to help with getting Galadriel there. It's 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 too cute by half, and it's it's gonna be the the can I but I can fix him you know thing and that and what makes Sauron really evil is that he brought down Numenor or is he he broke up or you know with Galadriel or something or used Galadriel that's it, it's gonna be something silly like that. Like, that's how, we're going to show you how evil Sauron really is. He, you know, like, he wouldn't stay with Galadriel.
1: I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just don't know. It's pretty bad. It is a bad show.
0: And it you know, I just, it, you know, and I'm just going to go watch the extended versions of the Peter Jackson one. I still don't think The Hobbit was that great. That should only be about a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour single movie. But, you know, it's by comparison. Well,
1: here's the thing. I won't say it's bad. Um, I think it's it's like a really good game that has a lot of padding. Like Dante's Inferno. I played a game called Dante's Inferno. It was a pretty dang good game, but only the first half of it. And then after that, it got very compartmentalized. They just started reskinning the monsters. And it's like, oh, you wanted more gameplay, so you padded the hell out of this because you were coming up on deadline and didn't want to wait. I feel like they had a good concept for a movie with The Hobbit, and making a live action was a surefire thing. But then they were like, we got to make it a trilogy. We got to make a trilogy. Because everything had to be a fucking trilogy back then. And it's like, you do not have enough content to make a trilogy out of this. So what they do, they, they just... They just Stuffed as much padding in there as they possibly could.
0: Oh, Nikki's being super entertaining in the chat. Being in a relationship with Guy Ladbro would explain why Sauron turned into a cold, dark, evil man.
1: Yeah, maybe he was just a good guy up until this point and she corrupted him. That's why there's not a Tempest in her anymore, it's in him now.
0: The Tempest in me has been quelled. (laughs) Because he's evil. Just, and it just, I don't know. To me, Amazon is doing things so terrible that a 100%, that's going to end up where they're going. <laughs> like, that's going to be why they're... She really did create the evil she was trying to stop. That's what, you know, that's what it's going to be. And and it's going to also not be Guy Ladbro's fault. It's going to be where she was... She's going to have to be... She's going to be betrayed for this. You know, that's going to be the thing, like... You know, like, she's going to have been duped. That's, and, and the ring, and that's why she'll accept the ring, because it's coming from, you know, part of the work he made. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a show. But, uh, you know, at least we'll get YouTube content out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it gives us something to talk about. So, it's not completely unsuccessful. I just wish it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to last week's episode, right? We talked about Spy X Family and we talked about, um, you know, Cobra Kai. Those are good. I enjoy talking about those too.
0: Yeah, those are good. If they really want Lord of the Rings fans to burn down their entire set and everything it would be trying to make tom bombadil the bad guy i've said i think i've said this before when i was working at the movie theater and the first lord of the rings trilogy came out like the very first movie the thing that all the lord of the rings fans were to a person just like bitching about coming out of the movie was tom bombadil like why is tom bombadil why would they cut tom bombadil they need to have tom bombadil if they if amazon does anything tarnish tom bombadil like the tolkien people are gonna riot that's they if there's one thing they need to not do it's mess with tom bombadil
1: i think most of the tolkien people have already checked out at this point or are in the process of rioting to quote some of the other shows that have covered this it's just the normies watching at this point
0: i don't yeah i don't even know if the normies are watching this because like i said we're when we when we check in on the nielsen ratings when the next week comes out when it's only one episode i don't think it's going to be doing so hot if you're spending if you're lighting a billion dollars on fire you that thing needs to be number one every week right that's the expectation and
1: your your viewer base should be growing not shrinking
0: exactly and um, i think
1: it's going to shrink
0: i agree gonna be shrinking all right. Well, this is this has been a real fun episode. We talked a lot about different things. Just had a fun hangout. Um, thanks to the chat, especially Nikki coming in and being super entertaining, <laughs> and and thank you for understanding that moves is the appropriate term uh, to use going forward. If you guys enjoy our content, we're gonna be typical YouTubers and ask you to. Uh, like, subscribe. Smash share. that like
1: button. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Yeah! <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, on the way out, fun one more comment from Nikki. Oh no, I love the show. Number one, it's sinking Amazon Prime. And number two, <laughs> hitting on it is so fun. That's what it's gonna be. It'll be a content stream for as long as they're gonna light that money on fire. So like, subscribe, smash the, you know, smash that like button, subscribe, share our show. Uh, we're available also on um, podcasts of uh, homes like Apple, uh, Google, PodBean, any of the place. Sweet. Nikki subbed and she'll be back. We'd like to record and go live on Thursday nights. and we'll see you guys next week.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Bye.